Welcome to another day of Kohi Chats. In the last episode, we gave a layman introduction to what NFTs are and how we can understand the concept of NFTs. Today, we think it is timely for us to dive a little bit deeper into the most popular category of NFTs, which are the PFPs. Now, what is a PFP? PFP is a crypto slang and it stands for profile picture. And usually a PFP project is basically a collection of 10,000 digital images that can usually be an animal or other forms of digital characters to act as a person's profile picture on social media, especially on Twitter. And if you're not familiar with the term PFP, or if you are simply hearing it for the very first time today, you might have heard of CryptoPunks or the Bored Ape Yard Club from the mainstream media. And if you want to research more into PFPs, I think these two projects are a very good starting point for you to kind of like dive deep and you know, just go down the rabbit hole to really understand uh, how, P- uh, how PFP NFTs um, came about and where they are now. So James, really, really glad to be doing this in real time with you today again. Uh, I know you've also gone down the NFT rabbit hole multiple times and I'm just curious, you know, out of all the projects you have seen so far today, what is your, which is your favorite NFT, PFP NFT project? And what is it about the PFP NFTs that excites you the most? Well, Rich, I'm a very simple man. I would, I would think so myself. So with PFPs, I would keep it with its basic utility which is that it's just a profile picture so for mm-hmm. me what i look for in a pfp nft is for it to look nice so if you don't know um my profile picture on twitter now is a capsule house nft mm-hmm. it's just a capsule with a char- uh, anime style character inside of it so i really love this anime concept and in fact the artist is a very famous artist mm-hmm. so on twitter and on instagram he's called seer light Seer Light. Yes. I know him. Is I it? love his artwork. He's, he does Japanese pop. What, 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 how pop do you culture? Ca- pop culture. Uh, anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Combination of all of this into that uh, very vibrant colored art uh, digital images. And you know, he just finished a commission by Netflix. Oh, serious? To draw a Witcher. You know, The Witcher? Yeah. Have yeah, you ever yeah. heard of that game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Netflix has the series now, right? And so he just did a commission for them and it was posted by Netflix Twitter's account like a few days ago. So I, I think he is a very big artist right now, especially within the NFT NFT world. And, you know, f- because of that simple reason, because of the artist and how I like the style of it, mm-hmm. my current favorite is Capsule House. And yeah, and for PFPs, th- those are the things that I look for. Mm-hmm. How about you, Reg? Like, I know you own a lot more PFP NFTs than I do. Like, what, what do you look for usually? I think the way that I evaluate PFP projects, there are like multiple points, but I think within the the example that you gave, you already mentioned two of the things that I look out for. One is the artwork and the other is the team behind the the project, right? And the team comprises of the artists, the the, the, the developers and, and, you know, uh, community mods and things like that. Um, so you mentioned that you look out for um, the style of the art itself. And I completely agree because like if you're not going to use it for a PFP and it's not going to look nice in a PFP, then what is it going to be used for, right? Um, so, but within this nice looking artwork, right, I have realized one thing. Like I realized characters that have a plain background and they are drawn using thick lines, like for example, the cool cats type of example, and I, I believe they pioneered this type of uh, art style, uh, tends to generate the most hype. Uh, 
and have the most basically most demand for it. I would say. I agree. Agree. They do look like the fact that it looks very simple and mm-hmm. the lines are very distinct. Mm-hmm. It looks good on mm-hmm. your trailer profile picture. I do agree with that. Yeah, because imagine your your display picture real estate area right on the digital green, uh, screen is so small. So having that thick line and you know plain background, distinct color contrast between the character and the background itself really helps to pop out that character and makes it very nice as like a display picture. If you if you understand what I'm saying, to present you on the internet. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's definitely one thing that I look out for. Another thing about the artwork is I look out for projects whereby their artwork is very distinct. Like each individual image looks different from each other. Ah, uh, that's very important. Like so, for example, you can have ten thousand cat images, right? But these ten thousand cat images each has to look distinct from each other. If if two cats or like a group of cats were to look similar and only be differentiated by a few traits, that to me is not a very good PFP collection. Is it because you can't really differentiate yourself with another person? Like, because of what you said, right? The g- digital real estate f- on Twitter, for example, if you don't zoom in into the, into the profile picture, it's actually really, really small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if it doesn't look so distinct um, clearly, mm-hmm. like, you, you will be mistaking one person to another. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. And, and going back to the whole point of PFPs, uh, traditionally, right? Your in-real-life face is different from another person's in-real-life face. And it's important because it's your unique identity. So the concept of unique identity carries forward into the individual uh, profile picture characters itself. I agree. So yeah, I mm-hmm. definitely agree with, mm-hmm. with your statement on that. So yeah. are there anything else that maybe other than the lines, the background? Mm-hmm. Um, so for that, uh, I would just go down the list. Other than the artwork itself, I would say I look at the team uh, into their backgrounds. Like what were they doing? that establishes themselves as the artists that they are today. Like for example, one of the trends that I'm seeing is there's a lot of people from like studio backgrounds or you know people who have like produced Marvel movies or like you know animation studio backgrounds. Oh, comic book creators. Exactly, exactly. These people are previously like people whom you may not have heard of before, but given their background that they have, they are able to put forward their experience into creating like very attractive looking PFPs. And people usually just buy into their background, right? Because at the day of launch of the PFP, all you have is literally the PFP, right? And you are buying into the vision that they can do X, Y, Z things down the road, like create a game, uh, create merch, create more um, exciting things in the future. Uh, and a lot of it boils down to the capabilities of the team. And that's why I think it's important for the team to not just be just an artist, you need to be someone who is an artist and a leader and a very good communicator of what you can, what does your skill translate to in the future. Ah, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I also look at numbers such as, you know, every project has a Twitter link. Every project has a Discord link. And Discord is basically where the community lives in most of the times. Secondarily, is on Twitter, right? So things like number of followers on Twitter, number of Discord members in the group, and more importantly, the ratio of Twitter followers to Discord members are also important because imagine if you have like, say, 5,000 followers on Twitter, but you have like 20,000 Discord members in the chat. Then you can start to question yourselves. Why aren't more people following on Twitter? Why are so many people on in Discord? And then you can um, go into the Discord group, uh, monitor and check the quality of the conversations that are happening. Are they all like, you know, people who are there because they care about the project? 
is the quality of the conversations more like uh, around people, you know, talking bad about a project or trying to instill some fear into the rest of the community. Or just talking about floor prices. You know, I have been noticing a lot of like this smaller projects. Mm-hmm. They're like, why is the floor so low, right? But that's after the the project has launched. Yes. If it's before the project has launched, mm. people so, might, I mean, like some like you know haters or idiots <laughs> they uh, start to they start to like unnecessarily spread like bad stuff about the project uh, just because i don't know i don't know their intentions right um but then uh, again another important point of like monitoring these discord communities is you want to check to see that most of the people there are not bots ah uh, definitely they're very important right in the end pfps is about well it's about the community right mm-hmm. if if everyone else it's is using the same collection as the profile picture you kind of feel proud about it don't mm-hmm. you think yeah yeah you kind of feel like hey i belong to this group exactly like, I, can, I can i can vibe with that mm-hmm. you know yeah so if you have like 5k followers on twitter and like a few hundred thousand uh k of members in the discord then you start to question are, are most of them bots because it has happened before whereby the project founders have to like clean up the discord and kick out like thousands of bots which is i mean good for them that they realized because wh- after they did that the chat itself really became uh, better quality like people started to vibe more with each other and instead of talking about oh uh, what are your thoughts about how much this project will be uh, in one week's time not even in one week's in like in af- a day after a mint <laughs> uh, so people are talking less about price speculations and more about uh, how can they contribute back to the community and things like that so I think that's uh, also a very um, qualitative kind of um, evaluation point that you should, should should take and also you have to take a look at the utility behind the PFP so right. this goes into like the roadmap and all that so it's like okay now it's like an image but what's the advantage or benefits that you get from owning this image so in simple terms like a plan going forward right yeah yeah the team has to have a plan otherwise they just release one time and you forget about it and yeah, that's yeah exactly that's exactly. not good for the pro- whole project and you know what's interesting I, fe- I feel like the utility point has evolved even though like PFP as a category is, is only like a few months old. I mean, PFPs existed in, back in 2017 when CryptoPunks existed. But mm. I mean, like when it's really alive, it, it's only what start, it started trending in, I guess like August, September. Yeah, I think so. That's when we come in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then if you think about it, when we first came in, um, the roadmaps that we are seeing then compared to the roadmaps now is very different. Exactly, because... Because you know what they say about how one month in the in the NFT world is like one year in the real world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like things move very fast. People get bored really fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, you don't need to kind of like innovate, keep innovating. Yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit more about what are your observations or how the roadmaps, roadmaps have changed. Um, well, it's a very deep topic. So we can, maybe we can save that for another episode. But in maybe in simple terms, mm-hmm. how... In the past, it would be like, hey, after 50%, we're going to donate to charity or we're going to create merch lines with certain brands mm-hmm. or certain uh, and release it to the public so that p- p- people in the public knows more about the project. But nowadays, it's all uh, there's a lot of tokenomics involved. I think, right, right. I think because of how people want to be able to earn passive income mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and maybe like breeding about like how you can duplicate, not duplicate, to have like charts for your NFTs by combining multiple things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So these are these new in- concepts to keep people engaged within the community. Right, right. But I think one thing that's constant is so these roadmaps are 
usually like milestone based roadmaps yes. so like at 10% of uh, mint you get a certain reward like for example donate to charity and all that then 20% 30% you have another another like like milestone to hit um, but these days yeah you are right I realize that every pro- every project now uh, says that oh if you own our image you get um, our y- unique token that you basically accumulate and and one token is one token is not equivalent to a USD or what whatnot, yeah. <laughs> and then you accumulate to basically either you know buy um, whitelisted spots in other projects in future, ah. or use it for in character breeding, yeah, um, or use it to purchase other things like in game assets and things like that. Right. So speaking of PFPs, we're going back to PFPs, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Um, do you know how they are created? I believe there are a few ways, right? So the m- easiest and most straightforward way is to hand draw. Like artists do hand draw the images and then they just digitize it. Like they draw out the entire thing and then they put in the computer. Then they move on to the next character and then put, in, put into the computer. But there's also a, a second way of <coughs> creating PFPs, which is the artist actually draws the different layers and attributes of the image. Like for example, using a Pudgy Penguin uh, project. A penguin, right? Mm. Penguin has the background color, uh, its base body, the eyes, the accessories, um, the, the hands, the clothes. Yeah, exactly. The mouth, the nose. So the artist will actually modularize all these individual parts, and then use an algorithm to determine the permutation and combination of these layers. Right. So they're trying to randomize it, right? Yes, exactly. But are you aware that there are now more emerging kind of technology where? Instead of the artist um, actually drawing by hand each of these uh, assets, mm-hmm. right, and combining it through a program, uh, I've seen the latest trend—not not trend—the uh, latest innovation by an artist called Park, who actually tr- trained an AI model mm-hmm. completely from scratch, and they feed him, uh, and Park feed the model just by one. They call it an origin picture. So then it lets the model do anything it wants with it. What's an origin picture? Imagine like, uh, it's just like the base the base picture and let the AI do whatever thing they want to do with it. So it's like it can be anything. It can be anything. But for Park, because he wants to keep the idea. So the project is called Lost Poets. Mm-hmm. So because poets are humans, right? Yeah, so he yeah. put some human pictures into it. So like just random human? Like, uh, hand-drawn, uh, hand-drawn. He drew it. Oh, ah, okay, okay, okay. Then he just fed it into the Okay, thing. okay. But I think some, I do think some of them look like real humans, like mm-hmm. based on real humans. But yeah, uh, we'll have to wait until the project is revealed more. Wait, yeah. so he fed just one image and in return he generated like, like thousands of other uh, no, images? So for, for that project, uh, for that collection specifically, Park, he, for one image, maybe he generated 10 to 20 different variations okay. of that image. Then he com- there's a lot of this different poets, so that they, they have different looks, you know. Wow, that's some high level generative shit it, there. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's really really high level. It's really hard, and I think maybe moving forward we'll see more of it. But the problem with this is that for Park, right? Uh, again, he goes back to like he wants to, he wants more of utilities instead of it just being a profile picture NFT. Right, right. So uh, it doesn't look that great, honestly. Mm-hmm. The variation because you are letting a robot taking over technically, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that that missing piece of like creativity mm-hmm. uh, and instead you may, you may get like an image jumbled up a little bit mm-hmm. like why is there two person in that one image mm-hmm. sometimes you know 
but it's part of the creativity and mm-hmm. I, I don't think people would use a poet as a profile picture right but it it, it in itself can be used as a profile it picture it can be but I doubt people because it's a person's face right because exactly. you input a person's face exactly. okay okay so wait so I, I wanna I wanna just like summarize my understanding of this three types of um how PFPs are created. So number one is basically, and I'll use penguins as an example, sure. okay, just keep it simple. So uh, an artist can do it by um, hand drawing each penguin, like literally draw the entire penguin and how it looks and draw 10,000 of them, for example, mm. and then just digitize it. Like, or I mean, you can just draw it on an iPad, right? Using Procreate. Right. That's one way. Then the second way is using the penguin example, uh, modularize the different traits uh, and features of the penguin and then using an algorithm to determine the permutation and combination. Uh, but the catch is each penguin will have the same like base, like the silhouette of the body and everything it's will exactly be the, the same. exactly the same in the 10,000 images. Just that the maybe the eye shape, the color, accessories, what the penguin uh, facial expression is, it will be different. Exactly. Then the last method that you mentioned is if it's in a penguin's context, it will be feeding the computer um, an image of a penguin Yes. It can be a real life penguin, or a drawn, drawn penguin, penguin, anything. And then a computer will generate like 20 to 30 other penguins based on that. And how this method differs from the second method is for the third method, the penguin's base is different. All penguins will look different yeah. in terms of shape, size, and all that. Right. right. And the thing is, there's, I think I want to add more that there's less human intervention to it. To, to it. Right. Correct. Correct. Because for the asset, you need to draw each asset. There's a lot of human work on it right mm-hmm. but for that last one the human work is to train mm-hmm. the model and feed the model that's it mm. the, whatever the output is I'll take it as a as an NFT right okay okay you know how like because of this different types of PFP creations leads to more uh, opp- opportunities for different projects to be spun out right like different permutations and combination of projects itself yes. uh, I also realized that you know Many people who are in NFTs, despite the number of NFTs projects now, people are always saying that we are still very early in the space. But you know what? I was very surprised when I recently found out that some celebrities are also getting in as well. Ah, I do see the news. I think the last one was Jimmy Fallon last week. I think it was Jimmy Fallon and Post Malone. Oh, Post Malone as well. Yeah, I forgot about that. For Jimmy, because I, I was watching the Beeple interview and he mentioned like he, he, he bought an ape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, we are all thinking it's a bought ape yacht club. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I, I think people started searching for his ape and they found it. Uh, I searching for be- his wallet. But the thing is, you know, celebrities, they only buy like established products. They own, uh, not, not products, projects. Like for example, I've only seen uh, like celebrities buying either CryptoPunks or the bought ape yacht club. Well, these two projects has become a status symbol in the NFT world, mm-hmm. you know, like the moment you own a CryptoPunk, what with 80 ETH floor mm-hmm. and a board a yacht club with about 40, 50 ETH yeah, floor. Yeah, that's like what, 200K? It's kind of like, ca- yeah, it's kind of yeah. like telling you like, hey, I'm rich, you know? Mm-hmm. It's and like, it's like owning a Rolex watch. Exactly. <laughs> like it's a status symbol. So, you know, like in the future, I think a lot of, a lot of this digital assets mm-hmm. gonna become status symbol. Status but symbol. you know what's so funny? Like it all happened so recently. Like we don't hear them talking about any like crypto stuff. We don't know about their crypto journey. And then all of a sudden they appear in their new, in the news saying that they have an ape. So it makes me wonder, like, do they really understand what they're buying? Or, or rather, do they really understand NFTs? Or are they just buying just because it will make them look relevant and up to date? Honestly, I have no idea, but 
um, to me, I suspect that to them it's also like you said, right? It's just so randomly then start, the media started talking about it. Like, uh, Steph Curry just bought an ape, mm-hmm. for example, um, and I think the best example is Logan Paul of how he bought a very expensive Oni Force, uh, another collection mm-hmm. uh, for what 180 ETH, which was I don't know what 500, 600k back then. And it generates a lot of buzz around that around him. Mm-hmm. So to, maybe to a celebrity, it's an opportunity to kind of like market themselves to the media, like help. They are sort of like asking the media to market them. You know, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. A, it it generates media value to them. But it's only it only matters on Twitter. I feel because that's where most people would utilize their PFPs in. Right. So maybe the relevance is in Twitter, but the buzz is to normal non-Twitter people as well. When you heard the news about Steph Curry buying an ape, I, when, when the article was posted, I actually got people messaging on group chats like, hey, Steph Curry just bought an NFT. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like it gets people talking because of how, you know, like in the last episode, we were talking about how these numbers looks ridiculous yeah. because of the price of Ethereum, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, because of that price, like why am I? Why are people buying a three hundred thousand dollars picture? But these are discussions within the crypto groups that you are in, right? No, no, it's not. Oh, really? In fact, it's from a, a group that is not. They don't even know how to buy NFTs. Ah, interesting. But it gets people talking. You see what I mean, right? There? Interesting, interesting. And I do think there are are uh, like celebrities buying it to advocate for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the last one was Reese Witherspoon. If oh, I'm yeah, not, yeah, she if bought uh, the world of women. Which is also an upcoming, like, considered blue chip-ish project. Because it's, it's a team, like, all women. So it's, like, women empowerment. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess the World of Women project and Reese Witherspoon, they stand for the same thing. Like, they are huge advocates for women empowerment, right? Um, but you know what's interesting? Um, back to the ape example, Jimmy Fallon and Post Malone. Um, what made me question why they came in was because, you know, I saw that they both used MoonPay to buy the NFT. What's MoonPay? So MoonPay is basically like like a like a payment solution that allows you to buy uh, NFTs uh, using credit cards. Ah. And tr- traditionally, you can't, right? You can't yeah, use you credit to, cards to... Yeah, or you can't use dollars to buy NFT. You have to change the dollars to like Ethereum to buy NFTs. Hmm. But then MoonPay allows you, allows a person who is not in the NFT world or do not own any crypto to buy a JPEG using USD or dollars. So then both of them like use this method to to buy their their bot apes. And it makes me wonder, is this like a marketing push? You know? Actually when now that you mention it, it kinda sounds like it, but we'll we'll never know, you know. Mm-hmm, it could mm-hmm. be like after raising some funds from investors and they decided, hey, it's time to market our product using celebrities, influencers. And maybe this is part of that marketing push. Yeah, I mean, okay, I mean, good for... I mean, it, it is good for the project. I think it's good for the NFT community also. Like, in, yeah. in a sense, like, it can, it can help, maybe, I'm not sure, but it can help people who are not uh, savvy enough to have their own MetaMask wallet, to, mm-hmm. have to buy Ethereum first mm-hmm. and start buying NFTs on OpenSea. It kind of helps cut a few steps, don't you think, to, mm-hmm. to getting NFTs. And one uh, visible effect of these celebrities buying this ape price that the floor par- price actually shot up yeah I expect it I mean come on and it shot up not just by like a little bit you know it, it shot up in like multiples like I think it was like I can't really remember one one of the projects used to have like a minimum price of like 3 Ethereum 
Then it shot up to like 6 Ethereum. Ah, uh, intense. And we are not even in a bull market now. We're in a bear market for NFTs. Right. So you really get to see the influence that these celebrities have. Not just outside the crypto space, but within the crypto space itself. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, in the end, celebrities have a lot of power mm-hmm. in, in their communication. So whatever they buy, like it goes back to that status symbol concept that we were talking about earlier, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, correct, correct. Like because celebrities are buying it, you kind of like, hey, I kind of, if I if I own that, a, that social association, exactly. And and the fact that NFTs are scarce, right? Mm-hmm. Each project only has like what. Uh, 7,000 to 10,000 mostly most of them are like around mm-hmm. 10,000 digital yeah, yeah. assets so if a celebrity own one then you're like hey if I own one too I'm part of that one out of 10,000 circle right right and I guess on top of social association it's also about the credibility boosting right like Twitter is known for a place whereby people just talk about stuff talk about their opinions uh, and then they try to like outsmart each other and post intelligent stuff <laughs> So if you are you have a so- social association with known people who have the same profile picture as you, then you you are naturally being perceived to be something trustworthy in a way. And uh. I I'm seeing that translate being translated to like new projects, right? Let's say like the founder is an ape owner, then the the whole project will instantly suddenly become very credible, or ra- rather people don't view it as a scam. Like oh, these founders were from a uh, a credible project like it's like in the startup world if an ex-googler or ex-uber person were to quit their jobs and then like start up a company and then you know when you raise when they raise funds or when you see their company on the on the uh, mainstream media you'll be like oh these people must be really know like must be really good and know what they're doing ah, it has yeah. that halo effect that that image right yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of the person who mm-hmm. started the project and I I think it's very hard to maintain a value of a project once it's started mm-hmm. it's very it's sort of easy to start i would say like we uh-huh. talked about earlier of how you can just write a simple program to make a lot of this combination and permutations but to maintain the value of the collection is incredibly difficult it's difficult because because of um people today are just impatient right exactly i feel like the how people view the nft world is like they most of them are in there to flip and earn money, earn profits. They're not specifically there to hold hmm. a specific image for the long term, or, or rather, majority of them are not. And you can't really, you can't really stop these people from doing what they want to do as well. Hmm. And as a result of people most of the time looking to profit on these NFTs, right? Um, buyer expectation is that oh, after I buy this project, I want to be able to flip within the same day or the next day or two days max. Otherwise, I will just spread fear and uncertainty within the Discord group, which is something that I've constantly seen. Yes. Uh, I mean, there are people saying that they are spreading fear so they can buy low at a lower value mm-hmm. and they hold it for themselves. But I, I do think a lot, some of them really are just spreading fear to, mm-hmm. to push the project down. But I think as NFT projects tran- um, um, grow or evolve from becoming, from, from just like a like a animal display picture to more of a gaming utility type of pfp project the gaming stuff requires you to hold and i feel like the whole market is shifting already into that vertical and i guess like by nature of it people would learn to realize that sometimes you need patience yeah but well in the end like like i said one month in the nft world is like one year in the real world right Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. 
because of this like incredible saturation of a lot of projects like you know it's really hard to convince people to hold unless you have very concrete things to show them mm-hmm. and but the thing is yes i do agree with you that there is a there's a shift towards uh, more utilities like so you hold longer right right but yeah yeah I, but but i agree with you ultimately at the end of the day i think the nft market right now is um, very impatient um if your roadmap requires people to like hold for like uh an uncertain period of time then people are just like nah i'm not interested yeah because well or or they just buy in for the hype and then they just sell and then like the product just dies dies <laughs> I think it happens to a few of our projects, <laughs> the project that we hold. Um, but there uh, goes my wallet of shame. <laughs> Just kidding. But do you do you think that the PFPs are kind of saturated right it now? Yes, it is. Like I said earlier, uh, that you you see so many copies of blue chips project. Like, mm-hmm. You know, for Ape, there's so many Apes right now that mm-hmm. is like being pumped. Um, there are like little baby apes. Oh my gosh, a little baby collection. Okay, just to just to just to paint the the landscape right. Blue chip projects, they are cats, they are apes, totes. and totes. And then now we are seeing just like cop- not not really copycats of these projects, but like the same cat, but instead of being this profile picture size, it's being shrunk yeah. down to like a corner of the profile picture, and then they are being called the the baby cats or the baby apes. Right. They call it like derivative projects, not related to the actual projects. But yeah. you can see some of this are actually pumping uh, as well. But it's then crazy, like, man. Because of this challenge, I do think that that is why a lot of projects are shifting to having more utilities, right? Mm-hmm. I think utilities itself is a very deep concept that we can explore in yeah, another yeah. time. But like uh, from what I see, I hold some gaming NFTs. So these people are like saying, hey, we're going to build a game where you can earn like XC, where you mm-hmm. can earn passive income. Actually, not not really passive, active income mm-hmm. by playing the game, mm-hmm. and uh, but it will take like one year to build. Right, the game. right. It's Actually, like, you know what? I also own a gaming NFT, and I I found that that project called Awakened. They have a very very smart way to incentivize people to hold. So what they did was they purposely released mint passes. So these are not PFPs; they are mint passes, like tickets. Okay. Right, and then they say that the longer you hold onto this ticket, the higher chance uh, that you will get a rare character when it's time for review. So this buys them time to actually build the character. Ah. Right, and it also incentivizes people to hold. Why? Because the longer you hold, the rarer your character. The rarer your character, the higher Value. chances for you to sell for a higher price. Mm. So I thought that was very very smart, and obviously I love the I love the way that they have structured this to prevent uh fear and uncertainty in the market and f- and like flippers. Uh, so I actually aped into one. <laughs> also, right. So that is another possible utilities of some sort. Yeah, to yeah, newer yeah. Projects, But you know what's the irony? I feel like I feel like as more projects all try to differentiate themselves based off the different forms of utility that is available, everyone is just gonna like look the same again. Yeah, in the end, right? Yeah, so yeah. How, how innovative <laughs> can you be? Yeah, yeah. But that's not to say I I'm not bullish on NFTs. I still think this space is a very exciting space to be in and just to be part of the evolution of how the NFTs itself evolve as a category and and utility wise. But before we actually you know move towards the closing of our podcast, maybe you can just say one interesting thing that you have realized about um the the profile picture NFTs so for, far. Oh, for profile picture, I do notice that. Um, this is a bit more Singaporean, but ugly is what? What meaning 
um, like money pros- making prosperous uh, prosperous right? at least uh, prosperous come on look at cryptos it's I cannot <laughs> the first time I saw it I'm like this thing has no value okay cryptos is just basically a pixelated toad uh, you know toads are ugly already right <laughs> yes and then you pixelize them and then yeah that's basically it but the amount of people holding it is the floor price it's insane it's almost like a blue chip already at it this is, point I, I think it's almost a blue chip like it's I, I don't know and I saw what, what, there were so many ugly an- anonymized is another mm-hmm. one ugly but what you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah so to our listener ugly is what in the nft world yeah i can stand by that because <laughs> i have my own experiences as well like sometimes it's like yeah art matters but sometimes the art that you like might not be the art that other people like or rather let me just flip the script the art that is popular might not be the art that you like exactly. so i will i will go to the extent to say maybe good the art that you like might not be the best evaluation criteria you need to look at the art that other people like yes right yeah the art that people can vibe with exactly exactly because that's where the volume is and that's where your flipping opportunity <laughs> is and whatnot for me i recently came across this project called the uh, creepy creams dao um and basically basically the the pfp images looks like ice creams like okay. like thousands of ice creams but what i found particularly interesting about this project is the founders yes they are artists yes they are developers but at the foundation they are doctors in training and surgeons in training. Like the artist is a graduate medical student. And then I'm just mind blown. Like, you know, the time and effort that they put into building this community and fulfilling the roadmaps, they are one of the most um, communicative founders in projects I have seen so far. It makes me question, like, where do they find the time to like, fulfill their doctor duties and then do this as well? And their art is good, by the way. Oh, is it? Yeah. Wow, these people, they know how to manage their time very well. Yeah, yeah. How do you, <laughs> I can't even imagine, like, the workload in med school is already insane. And yeah. you're adding, like, NFT project management to yourself. I saw this, I saw someone post on Twitter recently that says that anyone who says that they are starting an NFT, uh, some utility, uh, a decentralized organization and whatnot, will become, like, a, an, it will become analogous to you saying, oh, I have a side project. Ah, and then if that's successful it becomes a startup right yeah. right, so, so yeah. you, leave your, you leave your real job to handle this whole thing yeah uh, it's crazy I mean, I mean on the flip side people are also leaving their jobs to do this thing right to start NFT projects well it's interesting you mm-hmm. get to meet a lot of people who mm-hmm, vibes mm-hmm. with you and yeah I, uh, I do think that we are very early like mm-hmm. people say um, and there are still a lot of opportunities to come right, within right. the NFT world. So we started off with a crypto slang, which is PFPs. Hope everybody is now familiar and understand what they are. I guess it makes sense that we also end with one crypto slang. And that is... Wag me. <laughs> Wag me. W-A-G-M-I, which stands for... We're all gonna make it in this space. Indeed, we're all gonna make it, Regina. Alright, see you for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>